Greetings, welcome, hey yo! Into my peeps, suck passe. I'm her team, Mercier, your chief grief crusader and proud host of the Redefining Grief podcast, which yours truly, moi. <laughs> listen, listen, today I have such a divine, um, powerful testimony. There's no other way to put it. And it, and the just the thought of this interview and how I met this young lady, um, all I can say is God has a way of connecting people. Hello, somebody. <laughs> well, I just want to check in. How are my grief crusaders? How are you all doing? How is everything going? I've gotten some feedback from you all. Some of you have told me you're tired. You're ready for this to be over. You want your normal life back. I get it. I've had those moments last week too. Not going to lie. I was just like, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready for this to be over. Especially this past weekend, I spent a lot of time just reminiscing on the good times of celebrating my anniversary with my husband. Um, Last Wednesday, we celebrated 13 years of being married. Um, I love being a wife to Dr. Jameson Mercier, who's also a social worker. And um, we just really enjoy doing life together. So this weekend, all I posted was, oh, I remember this. I remember that. I remember celebrating going to Daytona. I remember celebrating in Bahamas. I just remember all the nice times that we spent together. And then I said this. I said, I am so grateful that we did not allow or said to each other, we're going to do this when we get older, or we're going to do this when we're celebrating our 13th wedding anniversary. We have this philosophy that it is vital that you live for today because tomorrow is not promise. You hear? Tomorrow ain't promise, y'all. I know it's said all the time, but some of us live like tomorrow is promised. So do what you can to live your best life today. You know what I always say, this life ain't perfect, but at the end of the day, you gotta live it. Hello, somebody. And so what I wanna say is stay encouraged, you know, know this too. This too will come to pass. We will be okay. We will get through this. Now, I want to introduce to you to this phenomenal, beautiful sister, Tatiana Fortune, is the founding senior senior center director of the Golden Gate Senior Center. Under her leadership, the center was established as the second senior center in Collar County. In her role, she oversees the center's operation and activities, program development, community partnership, outreach. Hey, hey, somebody, she's a powerful social worker. So proud, just so proud. And I could be a little biased. (laughs) Tatiana has used her talents to help homeless families, serving the youth in government agency, as well as nonprofit, nonprofit organizations in the community, in developing and providing outreach services. 
She's a proud graduate of Washington University and St. Louis, where she earned a master's in social work with a, count, with a concentration in social and economic development. So proud. I just so proud. <laughs> and like a true social worker, she is actively involved in many organizations in her community. Some of them are the United Haitian American Chambers of Commerce and Agape Christian Fellowship. Tatiana also wears the hat of owning an online store and having the opportunity to serve her community as a very talented, skillful event planning firm out here in Southwest Florida called Moments of Future Events. One of the things that I have to say that Tatiana is passionate about she is passionate about making a positive difference to affect social change and improving the quality of lives for individuals in her community. Without further ado, let me introduce you to our amazing Wisdom Chat. Welcome to Redefining Grief Podcast, Tatiana. Hey! <laughs> oh, happy to be here. Thank I, you. You know... We were talking before the interview and I have just talked about how God just divinely connects me to individuals and you will always represent to me what divine connection looks like. Oh, thank you. Definitely. He has a way of bringing people together in the least expected way. So I Come think on, this sis. is definitely one of the ways he did that. Yes. And, and you hear me say sis because... We are a part of what I would call the six pillar world created mm. by my coach, Patrice Washington. Yes. And Tatiana heard my hubby, Dr. Jameson Mercier, on the episode on redefining wealth, um, what loves look like or what support looks like. Mm -hmm. And then I posted something about grief and our Haitian women group. Yes. Uh -huh. And she was like, I heard you on my um patrice website oh my god yes. and then we just started talking and she sent me this beautiful article of her grief journey and so i want to say that tatiana is the very first grief crusader Yay. that is being interviewed on my podcast like i'm super stoked about that now you yeah. know tatiana i told you before that we want to keep it 100. Mm. We want to keep it genuine. And this is a safe place. And so I want to tell you that, thank you for saying yes, I'm honored. Oh, thank you so much, Herdeen, for having me on here and just, you know, being open to this connection and what it would bring. And I want to say thank you to Patrice <laughs> and for the platform that she set and just bringing incredible people together, like-minded people, ironing, sharpening, ironing. And yes. then look at how we, look at how life, look at how God connected us together. So I know yeah. this won't be the last time, sis. <laughs> no, no, listen, listen, sis. I want you to understand, Tatiana, like, once I know that an individual understands the six pillars, I'm not afraid because I know you get it. Yes. You know what wealth really means. And we hear about it in that world of well-being. Yes. And that's what we're searching. We're searching for the true definition of wealth, which is well-being. Mm -hmm. um, 
I have to say, I'm nervous, I'm excited, I am thrilled because I already know this interview is going to help set some people free yeah. that find themselves stuck in a grief triangle. You know, in the social, oh, I have to tell you that Tatiana is also my social work sister. <laughs> yes. Not only she's social work, she's a Floridian, she's Haitian, um, <laughs> she's beautiful. I, there's so many things that we have in common. I don't know yeah. what else to tell you. Yeah. But what I want to say is that what I am grateful for is you're, you're not being afraid to tell your truth. Mm. And you sent me your article uh, that you wrote and you titled, um, what was the name of the title again? I forgot. I'm not sure if it had a title, Tatiana. Overcoming My Nightmare. Yes, Overcoming My Nightmare. That was the title. Yeah. overcoming my nightmare. And I told you, Tati, I said, I'll read it in the morning and I'll give you feedback. But God was just nudging at my heart, mm-hmm. nudging, read it now. And I remember lying in the bed with sleepy eyes and just like being awakened by your truth. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, she's brave. She's not afraid and being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And so today we're going to have a very vulnerable chat a sister love chat and let's just do it tell your truth anchor down in your heart um and let's connect yes let's do it thank you again <laughs> i'm so i'm honored and I'm, I'm i'm truly humbled by this opportunity herdeen and thank mm-hmm. you so much for inviting me to be a part of your journey mm-hmm. a part of your um purpose work on the mm-hmm. earth so I'm, I'm just really really blessed and humble so yes, whatever yes. i can do to share um, to enlighten someone else, to help someone else along the journey, even though at the time when I went through it, it didn't feel like it. Mm-hmm. But now looking back, it's like, okay, God definitely had a, a plan for this and for this moment, you know, mm-hmm. this moment. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'll praise to him for that. Yeah. And I know you're thinking, what mess could Tatiana have been in? Listen, she went through a crossroad in your life that oftentimes you think you wouldn't make it through. Mm-hmm. And Tatiana is now a representation that every time you think things are hard, you can remember her testament, testimony that she made it through. Mm-hmm. And she opened up this amazing article about her journey with grief with this saying, what I feared has come up, what I feared has come upon me, what I dreaded has happened to me. I have no peace, no quietness. I have no rest, but only turmoil. And she took that from the Bible verse of Job, chapter 23, verse 25 and 26. Now, sis, please tell the audience, please tell our grief crusaders why you started off with that and the story behind that. Yes, most definitely. I This verse, I feel like, was a representation of the place that I was in 11 years ago in 2009. Uh, so I'll just give some history and some context. I went away to college, you know, grew up, you know, spent time here in Fort Myers and went away to college um, in Lakeland. And then after college, graduated with um, a social work degree. 
and I felt like life was so bright, right? Life was so bright before me. I went off to one of the top schools of social work, shameless plug to Wash U, uh, Washington University in St. Louis. <laughs> you know, it was, I was 21. Um, you know, it just felt like the whole, my life was just, you know, on this trajectory. You know, I'm a young grad student, professional, you know, I'm linking up with like-minded individuals from all around the country and around the world and my program at WashU was just so rich. It was honestly amazing. I had a great time in St. Louis. I was by myself. And so I really grew um, to another level and got to un understand myself personally and professionally. Well, um, I, I finished my program December of 2008 uh, as an advanced standing social work student, MSW student. And the idea was, you know, you, you complete your graduate studies in December, and then you get to come back in the spring for your, you know, traditional commencement experience. So I was like, okay, you know, I had my, we had a small graduation ceremony in December of 2008. Mm -hmm. And um, my brother, who is my only sibling, he was the only one that was able to come. And I called him at the last minute after a friend of mine from grad school was like, hey, you're not going to have anybody come um, and, you know, support you. And I told him, I was like, nah, you know, my family, my parents are working, my, you know, they're not able to come up right now. They'll come up in May. And he said, you know what, why don't you at least have your brother, try to get your brother. And so anyway, my brother came and um, his name is Kemp, uh, Kemp's Kelly Fortune. He came and um, we had a great time. He got to meet, you know, my colleagues, et cetera. So December, 2008, keep that in mind, keep that timeline in mind. And we go into the new year, January of 2009. I'm like, okay, I'm trying to figure out, okay, do I stay in my apartment in St. Louis? Where do I go? Where do I live? Where, where do I want to work? And I was looking at big cities like DC and mm. Chicago and, you know, any large city because here I am, I'm an MSW graduate, you know, I'm ready dreaming to, big. I'm dreaming big. And, you know, first I was, generation, we have first that you Come know, we try to, we try to move forward, right? And so I'm going through all of that, going through all of that. And then February 7th uh, was, and, and, and let me say this, the week of February, the first week of February, I had three people that asked me how my brother was doing. Three random uh. people. They said, oh, hey, Tatiana, how's your brother doing? I was like, oh, he's good. You know, because some of them had met him uh, when he came. And I said, oh, he's good. He's fine and everything like that. And February 7th was a Saturday. Mm -hmm. And that night I went to bed, I woke up and uh, well, I got, I got a call in the middle of the night. And it was um, our, home, our pastor, our, our, my, my mom's pastor at, in, back in Fort Myers. And um, he, he was just like, Tatiana. I said, hello, hello. You know, I'm, I, I just jolted out of bed like, hey, what's going on? You know, you're calling me at two, three o'clock in the morning. What's, what's going on? And he goes, I said, is my mom okay? Because my mom was in a situation at home domestically that was very, very um, toxic. And uh, I just, I didn't know, you know what I mean? I'm thinking something may have happened to her. Mm -hmm. And he said, it's your brother. It's Kelly. And Kelly is his, is his middle name. So, you know, they'll call him Kelly. And he goes, it's Kelly. And I said, what happened? He goes, Kelly died. And I was like, what? Herdeen, I, I literally just dropped the phone mm -hmm. and I 
wailed. I'm getting chills. I know that experience. I wailed. Mm-hmm. I wailed. Mm-hmm. And I wailed on the floor and I said, no, no, mm-hmm. no. This was a 25-year-old mm-hmm. black male. Mm-hmm. And it was just so, I, I, I just, I, I, I lost myself. Mm-hmm. And, and at times I felt like when I was with my brother, I, I used to look at him and just, just stare at him and just show him so much love and affection. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like I felt like he wasn't going to be there for very long, like he wasn't going to be around for very long. And so, so that's why, and, and you know, he, he lived his life, a regular life, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, and at times, you know, I, I, I would be like, yo, when, why don't you come move with me up to St. Louis? Get, change your environment, move. Mm-hmm. And that night, in the middle of the night, I was by myself. I had absolutely no one. no one. And I just lost it. And I said, no, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where that verse came, what I feared the most. Mm-hmm. And I and remember, I said I had another fear for my mom. Mm-hmm. So it, on one sense, I had a relief. But then it's like the, the two people who I love and cherish so dearly, one of them was no longer here. Can I so, tell you something about that feeling of relief right yeah oftentimes grievers feel guilty for having a feeling of relief because it means that they that that it puts you in a situation where well did i love my mom more than my brother that's not what it is (sighs) i have to remind you that grief is a conflicting feeling yeah it's a conflicting emotional feeling that can literally have you feeling shame sometimes because you feel guilty for having that. And what I want people to know is set themselves free from that idea. Set themselves free from that notion that um, you can have these two feelings and it's okay. It's totally okay. It is okay. It it is definitely okay. And I can relate to that. And you can't choose. It's sort of like, you know, you love both, you know? And and yeah, so I could, I could talk a lot more about that, but it, I definitely hear you and you were totally right on that, you know? And it's like, you know, on one hand you feel relief and then another hand you feel sorrow, you know? And it's like, how do you, how do you merge the two? Mm -hmm. Yeah. How do you balance the two? Because I remember, I, I strongly believe that happiness and sadness can coexist. That is my calling on my life, is to teach people that I can be happy, I can be sad, I can coexist. I think everybody's running towards happiness, but not understanding true happiness comes to a place when you can em- embrace your sadness. Yes, yes. It's learning and, that. Yeah, and I know in my experience, I tried to get to happiness without getting through the sadness. Mm. I, I, I tried to like, like, you know, block it out, you know, um, and, and, and just try to numb out the sadness. Mm-hmm. But you really can't when they're, they're present. Those emotions are right there. You cannot mm-hmm. ignore one to get to the other. It's, for me, it was, how do I feel? And that was the most uncomfortable thing already. How do I feel mm-hmm. sadness? You know, you I'm know a kind why? of yeah. 
-hmm. You know why it's uncomfortable, sis? It's uncomfortable because we've never been taught how to deal with that emotion. Yeah. They baby, when we were babies, it was normal. We'll just give you a pacifier. We'll give you something. We'll pat mm. your back. But probably once you get out of the diaper, we're being told, why are you crying? Yeah. What's wrong with you? Go to your room and cry. So we have now been taught not to embrace those emotions. Those are, those emotions are the emotions that will have you sent to your room. Yeah. And so that's why as the redefined, redefining grief expert, I really do want to help people realize that there is power in allowing their children to show emotion because it teaches them as adult that when they feel that feeling is not foreign. Yeah. Yeah. It's normal and it's natural. I, can, I say it in every episode. It's normal and it's natural. Mm. Now, Absolutely. when I think about, um, I think about, you said during the path of grief, I soon realized that I was at a crossroad. Mm. I was in the middle. And I know, did that crossroad happen after? learning about your dad, what took your, what, what was the next event that took you to that place of crossroads? Yeah. So two months after my, my brother Kemp's passed away, um, and my brother, um, he was a victim of homicide along with his friend. So they both lost their lives. Um, wow. and that was a very, you know, just a tragic situation. Um, you know, just dealing with media and, you know, it's one thing when you have someone that passes away um, and you, and it, then there's another thing when you have news reports or, you know, just news coverage of any type going on, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It sort of magnifies it a little bit more mm -hmm. uh, or, and it's just a, a, a very, very different experience, but it didn't go on for very long. But the fact that that was another element to it as well. And so, um, so you had two young men that died tragically due to a homicide. They were victims of homicide. And, um, you know, I'm trying to pick up the pieces, you know, mm -hmm. um, here I am again, a recent graduate trying to figure life out. Try my brother, my only sibling, mm -hmm. we were like this, we were so close. Mm -hmm. He just got ripped away and died suddenly. Mm -hmm. And here I am, I'm trying to figure out, I'm trying to figure out what's going on. Mm -hmm. And two months after two months to the date, mm -hmm when of my brother's death, <laughs> I got another call mm. that something was terribly wrong at home. By that point, two months later, I had moved to um, South Florida. I gotten a job there. And, um, you know, just to start off, I, I got a job there. And so I was living away from home and I felt like, well, this move was needed. It was, uh, I needed a new place, you know, just to kind of start fresh and new. And I got the call that something was terribly wrong at home and that my mom's life was in danger. Mm. And remember, you know, I was already afraid for her life, mm -hmm. given her domestic situation, her living with my father. And now that my brother was gone, I was that much more fearful for her because my brother, him being in the home, mm -hmm. he served as a buffer between the two of them. Mm -hmm. and with him gone now it was like i was thinking of a plan to take to bring my mother to safety mm. 
And I remember the day before I got this call, two months uh, in April, the day before, I'll never forget it. I was in Miami. I was putting gas in my car, getting ready to drive back to Coral Springs where I live because it was a commute from Coral Springs. And I called my mom. I said, Mom, I just realized that you are in an abusive relationship. Mm -hmm. Even though my father, he wasn't like, he didn't beat up on her. But there were things that he did and he said that evoked fear. And it was, and he told me himself, my father told me that, listen, you know, and in Creole, he basically said, which literally means tie your waist, be, girdle up yourself because things for you, my daughter, is going to get very bad because you will no longer have family here. That, that's exactly what my father told me after my brother died. So when he told me this, I was like, whoa, this is some serious stuff. And I'm not going, I'm, I'm not going to play around with this. So I called my mom and I said, mom, I'm going to come and get you. Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't want to take any chances. My brother already passed away. I can't afford to lose you. Mm -hmm. And she told me, she said, I don't have it in my heart to leave your father in the house. Even though her life could have been in danger. Yes. And it, and for the life of me, and still now, mm -hmm. I cannot grasp what she meant by that. Mm -hmm. And I prayed and I said, Lord, I need you to protect my mom. Mm -hmm. You cover her. You cover that household. Mm -hmm. So anyway, the next day on a Tuesday, April 7th, I got a phone call that something was terribly wrong with my mom and that she ended up in the hospital. I didn't know what happened. Mm -hmm. but I knew I had to get back to Fort Myers and on the car ride there, I'm like, Lord, please, you know, just keep my mom, keep my mom. And I didn't know what happened. I didn't, I had no clue. Well, got to the hospital and I was told that, you know, come and see your mom. There were people from her, the church and they were already there. And I was like, okay, what's going on? Mm -hmm. uh, I walked into the, um, the room that they held her in and mm -hmm. I saw her and I was like, Oh, Oh, sigh of relief, you know, she's alive, right? She was talking, but she was kind of like, she had bandages all, all over her head and things like that. And, um, I said, mom, how, how are you? She goes, I'm okay. I'm okay. And I, and I said, okay. And she goes, tattoo, she, you know, that's my nickname, but she said, tattoo, um, your dad, he didn't, he's no longer here. I said, what? Mm. Oh, she said, your dad is no longer here. I said, what happened to him? And she said, he died. I said, what? He died how? And he had jumped off the bridge. Hmm. He jumped off the bridge. And he ended up dying in the hospital. They got, um, there were rescue workers that saw him, you know, some people on the, on the water. They saw when this happened. And um, he jumped off the bridge. And in his mind, he thought that he harmed my mom to the point of death. So he thought he harmed her and she was no longer living. And so that's when he ended up taking his own life. And her Dean, you know, I, I lost it. I was like, what? And I, I just felt the sorrow. I felt so much sorrow, you know, and, and going back to what we were talking about, the relief, right? Mm -hmm the relief and grief, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, 
the relief that my mom is here, she's alive, thank you, Lord. But then the grief and the hurt of my dad no, no longer being here. So those are very traumatic situations. And again, that verse, like what I feared the most came upon me. I have no peace, I have turmoil, I have sorrow. And that's what it was like for me. And so I found myself angry. Mm. Although I was grateful that my mom was alive. Mm -hmm. And I wondered like, oh God, if my mom had passed, Herdeen, I probably wouldn't even be here talking to you mm -hmm. because that would have, I, I, I don't know. This is what I think in my own estimation. What you think, you, you think you have this, this gauge of what you can handle. Right. Yes. And we, I, you know, I don't know. What we come to realize is God created us because of him to have the, the strength to trust our heartaches with our, to trust him with our heartaches and our pain. Yes. De definitely. Mm -hmm. Whew, so going through all of that, mm -hmm. um, I, and I, I was at a crossroads. I said, you know, why, why is this happening? You know, why is this happening to me? I've, I've done, I tried to be, you know, a faithful follower of, of God. And I tried to do things the right way. Like why on earth is this going on? Mm -hmm. And I couldn't make sense of it. Her dean. I had questions. But you know what? And I'm glad you're saying this. You know why? Because people think they cannot question God. Mm. But there's power in questioning him because he's the only one who can give us the answers. Yes. And oftentimes there's a reason I've developed. If you're a new grief crusader listening to this podcast interview with Tatiana, I've developed five anchors. I and they are tell the truth about your grief story tell the truth about your heartache the connection anchor faith anchor and then restoration and the faith anchor is saying trusting trusting god without reservation and so but in order for you to trust anybody don't you got to ask questions you do have to ask questions you got to ask questions. That's, that's the first place of honesty. Yep. Is yep. asking questions because I, I, you know, and I grew up in an environment where, you know, they say, oh, don't act. God is, God is quote unquote, the adult or mm -hmm. God's the master. Like you can't, mm -hmm. you can't ask him any questions. Uh -huh. But I, I had to be real. I was asking myself questions yes. that I couldn't figure out. Uh -huh. And I'm like, well, God, you, you are in control of all of this. So why this, mm -hmm. you know, why that, why did this have to go this way? Mm -hmm. And you know, the thing I, I realized too, Herdeen, and, and you can um, certainly, um, I'm sure relate to this in some way, can speak to this as a grief expert. Mm -hmm. When someone passes away, for me, I saw that I process their life in light of their death. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like how their life ended mm -hmm. all of a sudden, I see it from a different perspective. Mm -hmm. I see their life and how they live. So I, I found myself going back to when my dad was a certain age or when my brother was a certain age or certain moments in their time in, in their lives. Mm -hmm. And now I'm looking at the finality of it. And I'm like, huh, like how I'm, I'm trying to make sense of the death yeah. in light of how they live. Yes. Yes. 
I think sometimes what we do as grievers, we look at we look at the end story versus looking at the entire story versus mm -hmm. looking at every chapter. In our social work world, we'll call it life review. And I yeah. think everything, because grief is not just the death of someone, it's moving. Looking at that, what your feelings are about moving. If you have illegal issues, looking at your feelings about what you feel about your illegal status in the, um, or your illegal status in the United States, those anxiety that comes with it, that fear that comes with it. So it's having a life review and not just looking at the end point. That's key to your healing process. That's yeah. key. Now, you talked about anguish. You talked about pain. You talked about wailing. You talked about you know, your dad saying so. It left you probably even questioning, did he know? Did he know, you mm. know? And we don't talk about this much in the Haitian community, mm. death by suicide. Ooh. That's a whole different episode in itself. Yeah. But so, I think, go ahead. No, you continue. Yeah, I was, and, and knowing that you lost your dad, but now you have another layer of grief of how he died. Yeah, that that was very hard to process um, because I looked at it here. I lost the two most important men in my life. Mm -hmm. They were completely snatched away from me. Uh, the, they they were the ones, the men who I had the most tolerance for. Mm -hmm. I had the most patience with. Speaking I loved, you know, and they they helped shape and mold me into the woman that I was or became and even now mm -hmm. and so with my brother as tragic as that was him leaving so abruptly without any warning uh he didn't choose to go out mm -hmm. you know that he, he was a victim mm -hmm. he died right he his life was ended mm -hmm. before he could even say don't do it or you know mm -hmm. do it mm -hmm. my father on the other hand had a choice. Mm -hmm. My father, on the other hand, mm -hmm. had a choice in him exiting and how he wanted to exit. And so this is how I processed it. I asked myself, did my father really love me? Mm. I was a daddy's girl. My dad was very proud of me and my accomplishments. And I felt that in a way I brought a lot of um, positivity and hope to him. And I did my best to point him in the right direction, even with his weaknesses, even with his uh, shortcomings, I did my best mm -hmm. to point in the right direction and bring him hope. So I didn't regret anything mm -hmm. as far as what could I have done differently? Could I show him more love? Both of them, both my brother and my dad, you know, I did, I, I tried to be as intentional as possible in how I showed affection and that they knew that I loved them. Mm -hmm. But it was hard for me to accept or I was just like, well, if he loved me, why would he do this? And he knew what he was going to do. Like I said, he had already told me. Mm -hmm. And it, it was just, it's like, if you love somebody, how do you allow them to go through this sort of tragedy? No, like he legit thought that I was going to be alone in this world. So I was trying to reconcile the two. Mm -hmm. And then her and that's that mm -hmm. internal grief struggle. 
it's an internal grief struggle and I was trying to find answers. And so I saw a counselor, a, a grief counselor. I went to grief counseling and I remember I was sitting on her couch and at first I got a little irritated with her. I'll be honest with you. Mm -hmm. Even with me being a social worker mm -hmm. and in the helping profession, I felt that I needed to get help, but I had a misconception on counseling. Mm -hmm. I thought that I was going to go in and she was going to tell me, right? Like, give me the prescription or not, not a prescription in terms of medication, but, you know, give me, give me some words, like talk to me, you know, mm -hmm. but that's not what she did. Mm -mm. She asked a lot of questions and I started to get a little annoyed. That's right there. There's power in asking questions. <laughs> that's why I love being a therapist. That's why I love being a coach. Because when you that's ask right. a question, it helps them. It helps the individual find the strength and the courage to now do the work of answering yeah. the question. You're right. And I wasn't ready though. For, even though I have my own questions, mm -hmm. I was hoping that she would answer them. Mm -hmm. I didn't think that she was going to come back and ask me questions, mm -hmm. but it helped me to dig deeper. And this is a question she asked me, Herdine. As I was processing maybe week three or four, processing the reality because you know th there was a lot going on you know so there many layers so many layers you had one person you know mm -hmm. and all of what and then now two people and she asked me a question when i was wrestling of this whole what happened with my father she said tatiana and and this was 11 years ago so i i, I can't remember it verbatim but it was to this effect tatiana what if you were not satisfied with the response your father gave you. What if his answer to you was not enough? Mm. And that hit me like, man, like he could answer, like help me answer this, but what if it, what if it doesn't even answer anything? What if it wasn't what I expected? And I had to get to grips and come to terms with the unknown and come to peace with that, that there are some questions to answers or answers to questions that I may never know. And I have to be okay with that because maybe it, it didn't suffice. What am I going to do with that? You know? So that was a powerful question she asked me that really turn things around for me in a way. And so that's what began your journey to finding peace. And now it has been 11 years. And what I want our listeners to know, the article that Tatiana sent to me, I'm going to ask her for the link and it will be in our show notes. So that if you wanted to read the article, article as a grief crusader, you'll be able to read the article in her amazing advice there as well. Um, so peace, right? You taught, we opened it up with the scripture that you wrote the article about, right? And it says, what I feared has come upon me. What I dreaded has happened to me. I have no peace, no quietness. I have no rest, but only turmoil. Where are you today? 11 years later. Wow. 11 years later, I am at peace, 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 peace. Uh, and that word peace is so broad, but that peace is just having mental and emotional stability, a wellness, a wholeness. Mm -hmm. 
uh, where I'm not afraid or I don't live in fear. Even though I experience fear, I don't live in fear. I experience anxiety, but I don't live in anxiety. I'm not anxious. I'm not, um, you know, worrying. You know, I don't love, worry does come in, but I'm not operating out of a place of worry because I found that peace through my faith in Christ who promised me that he will give me peace that surpasses all understanding. Mm-hmm. And that I experienced 11 years ago mm-hmm. and through the 11 year journey after that mm-hmm. and now. So I'm, I'm definitely at a place of wholeness where I'm growing. Mm-hmm. I'm growing in, in my journey of peace. I, and I love that. And you talk about that faith anchor and I represent the faith anchor by talking about truth without reservation. And there's something that you said in nightmares will, um, will perfect your worship. Mm-hmm. I, I, when I read that piece, I got chills because mm. now oftentimes people think that I went through this nightmare nightmare. I'm blaming God. Mm. I am not worshiping God, but what you learned on your journey was your nightmare perfected your worship let's talk about that a little bit i love that you said he is god Mm. and god perfected my worship who he is god (laughs) that's it i had to i got to a place her deal where i said he is god and i am not Mm -hmm. he's god and i'm not Mm -hmm. i'm not i'm not i didn't bring myself here I, and I don't know when I'm going to leave. You know, he mm-hmm. gave me the gift of my loved ones. He gave me that. Mm-hmm. And I had to come to that realization and honor God for who he was. And I, and, and I had to, but that was, that came after I made a decision to be better. Mm-hmm. I told the Lord, I said, God, I said, God, I don't know how I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I'm going to do this. You are going to help have to help me through this help me to see things differently mm-hmm. but god i want to be better and not bitter and through that lens of betterness god showed me how amazing he was he kept me through you know what could have taken me out he sustained my life he provided provided for me he covered me he covered my mom he gave us so much more and i got to see him in another way I got to see him in another level. Mm-hmm. And that's what I mean. And he was perfecting my worship because he's worthy mm-hmm. despite what's going on. And it's very difficult for a lot of people to hear like God, because when, when they think of God, it's like, well, God is blessing. He's supposed to bless us and that he does. But there's trying times, right? Where we, we are perfected and we grow and we become stronger and we become better, more brilliant, more amazing than what we ever thought. Mm-hmm. We could have been before mm-hmm. that circumstance. And that's what I learned. He was faithful, Herdeen. Mm-hmm. He was faithful. He showed me that he got my back. He showed me that he his, 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 he's able to carry me through this. Mm-hmm. Nothing took him by surprise. And it's, it's what was I going to do with that? But you know what you remind me? I have the saying, and it's my motto. Life is not perfect, but it must be lived. Yes. And this is what you are reminding me of. We're mm. going to experience highs and lows, ins and outs, happiness and sorrow. But at the end of the day, I still have a purpose. Yes. And I still must live my life. 
according to his will and according to his plan. Mm, yeah. And so in these 11 years, I know right now they hear the upside of you. I know you've had some dark days. But at the end of the day, I knew in the back of your mind and asking God and questioning him and trusting and trusting to throw all your anxiety onto him because he cares Mm. about you. Mm. And so in doing that, now you can come and I'm not saying get over. One of the things Mm. I don't say get over before we started recording, you said yesterday was the funeral anniversary of your dad's death. Yeah. It probably is triggered. You probably had a you know a moment of silence, a moment of reflection, thinking about him yeah. and loving on him. And I and I want to point this out before we end that oftentimes people believe just because their parents were in a toxic relationship, they shouldn't love their father or their mother. Mm. Did you hear what Tatiana said? Her dad. Her mom and her dad were very, you know, they were, had an abusive relationship, um, how she defines it. But she was still daddy's girl. Mm. And so daddy's girl still mourned for her dad. Yeah. Did you hear what her dad told her? And daddy, and she still mourned for her dad. And that's why I say, do not, do not police anyone's grief anyone's grief. Um, I have to say to you, sis, this was powerful. I know that there are so many layers to this. As I said before, I will link all her tips, go into details in the show notes. You'll find the article. And um, where can people find you? Well, they can find me on Tatiana Fortune on Instagram. I um, have an Instagram account there on Facebook. You know, you can friend request me. Just when you when you friend request me, just shoot me a message and let me know that it's through uh, this podcast that you heard. Um, so that'd be great. And I also have a business page, Multi Ethnic Collection, um, that you can follow me on um, and see what we're doing there. So yes, and I just want to say thank you again, Herbeen, for the work that you're doing. Uh, I know I've said it to you before, but you are really involved in purpose work, that heart, soul, mind work. And it is so critical. It is so needed. So many people around the world need this platform. We were not taught how to grieve. We were not taught um, how to process and deal with very difficult emotions, whether it's through death, uh, breakup, you know, lots of financial uh, status, whatever it is. And so, Herdine, I admire you. I admire the person that you are, how you show up time and time and you bring it with all the passion, with all the purpose and that you are divinely inspired and led. So I just want to celebrate you and honor you for thank the work you. that you're doing. Thank you, sis. Yes. I love the power of sisterhood and thank yes. you. Thank yes. you. I want to um, ask three questions before we get off. Um, the very first question I have for you is one word to describe your dream, your grief journey. Let me say it again. One word to describe your grief journey. I would say enlightening. There's another word that I have, 
but you since you said one <laughs> so give us both because enlightening roller coaster mm-hmm. and enlightening mm. enlightening roller coaster if i could say those two explain just a little bit the grief journey has definitely has its highs and lows. It's like a roller coaster. It's scary. You don't know what that what it's gonna go through. What 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 you're dealing with, um, you know, pit of your stomach, deep pain, and then there's moments of high rush, exhilaration, and then you take some turns that were unexpected, and that's what I went through. Um, going through the seven stages of grief. Um, you know, there were those waves, that roller coaster. That's what it felt like. Like there was a fog at times. I didn't know what to look past. I, I, I couldn't even look past the day. You know, somebody would ask me, what do you see yourself doing in five years? I don't know. I, I don't even know what I'm going to do in five minutes. Mm-hmm. So that's how it felt like a roller coaster. But then it became very enlightening mm-hmm. as I engaged in the process and learning and becoming more sensitive to me and sensitive to people also going through their grief journey as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and the growth and the beauty that comes from it. Awesome. That's good. I I like that. Enlightening roller coaster. Good. Number two, what have you learned about yourself during this time? Oh, I learned that. That's a really good question. I learned that I'm stronger than I think. Mm-hmm. That. I have a a greater sense of appreciation for who I am. Mm -hmm. And I I just love people because of that and because of the people who showed up. And um, I I value relationships a lot more. I'm I'm, I'm more intentional. This has made me very, very more intentional in how I live and in how how I celebrate and appreciate those around me. Okay, awesome. And then my last thing, in five words or less, what <laughs> what encouraging words can you say to an individual who's listening to your testimony? Five words or less. This too shall pass. Mm. Okay, you're not going to give me the cry because I... <laughs> I think people don't think in the thick of it. In those dark mm. times, they mm. really do think they're not going to make it. They, they really will. do believe that this is it. And that is key. This too shall pass. Sis, I thank you so much for entrusting me with your story. I love you, you like Christ loves you unconditionally. Yes, yes love um, you too. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Wow, that was so amazing. I got to thank Tatiana again for taking the time out to kind of pour out her truth, sit in her truth, process her truth with us, be open and vulnerable and just willing to share. Um, And I love how she said at the end, this too shall pass. I said it in the beginning. She said it. I know this too shall pass. So if you were an individual that had questioned God, had come to a crossroad in your life, when you, you were hit with back to back bad news and you are wondering what is going on, 
what is happening? This definitely is an episode that you can replay over and over and over again, okay? To help you out in remembering, not comparing your experience, but finding strength in her experience and in her story and taking what you need to take to add to your your reservoir of wisdom, your wisdom cup and saying, I will pull this out during this storm in my life. Because remember I say, this life isn't perfect, but what? You gotta live it. Hello, somebody. You still have purpose in your life. She still has purpose. And I am so glad and honored that she didn't give up. And I'm getting chills just thinking about this world needs a Tatiana. Okay? This world needs Tatiana. And I'm so honored that she took the time out to talk to us. And it's just another reminder that a phone call can change your life. A phone call can change your life, but it's what you decide to do after you receive the phone call is what is going to be that next positive step in your life. And so what I want to say is be blessed, be safe. And just like Tatiana said, you will get through this. We will get through this. Let's continue to stay in community. I am super stoked to announce the Grief Crusaders Slack community is now open. Go to Grief Crusaders. Go to my website, herdeanmercier.com and join us. Join us over there as we talk about this episode. We welcome you. We discuss what things are going on. I have to let you know, I have some exciting news coming down the pipe. I also will be doing a free grief webinar filled with so many wisdom gems. I'm telling you, packed wisdom gems on May the 7th. That information will be coming out soon. Please don't forget to leave me a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you very much. And if you have anything that you want to add to this chat, how you were blessed, or if you want to contact Tatiana through me, you know what you need to do. I'm on every social media platform at her Dean Mercier. Tag me, talk to me, share the episode, allow her story. Grief Crusaders, allow her story to shine a light. Shine a light on anything that could be dark in someone's life. And so I wish you all the best. Don't forget, leave your girl a five-star review. (laughs) Be safe. Ciao, ciao.